0: Now here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: Well, in this hour, we're going to have BJ Colleen, automotive expert, and Carl Brower, my both my good friends. And uh, you know, I don't know. BJ's here with me. Hi, BJ. I hey, Alan. I'm telling you what this um, the, the the whole country because we're on about a hundred radio stations. The whole country could really give a garbage about the L.A. Auto Show and. The thing about it is that it means a lot to us when we're automotive journalists because typically, you know, you have the New York, the L.A., the Chicago, the Detroit auto, these bigger city auto shows. And the automakers unveil a bunch of cars and the journalists, you know, we gather at these unveilings that happen before the auto show opens to the general public. But anymore, I mean, you didn't go to the Detroit auto show or did you, B.J.?
2: No I didn't go I went to the New York Auto Show I didn't go to Detroit or Chicago yeah and uh, mostly because I was in New York at the time and that's why I went but they're they're you know the auto shows they're dying it's a dying breed people can just see anything they want to see online with videos and there's tons of reviews from everybody and and then they go to the dealership. Most people have their minds made up what they need. They're not like walking from dealership to dealership
3: anymore. And, right.
2: and so the auto shows were always, you know, they were, that's when you saw the new cars. It was in September and you got to see what was going on for the year. But manufacturers don't wait anymore to introduce a vehicle. If it's ready in February, they bring it out in February. If it's ready in August, they bring it out in August. Right, so,
4: right.
2: you know, it's not like there's one giant reason to go to the shows anymore. And they're expensive. When you think about it, it costs right. manufacturers millions of dollars to do these things. So, well, but LA's always kind of been yeah, because it's a car culture there. So that's right. why it kind of means something.
1: Well, and here's the deal: for us, you know, you lived in LA. Well, now you don't live in LA anymore. I lived in LA. I don't live in LA anymore. So it's a it's a long you know ride or flight in some cases to go to these auto shows. And if there's not a lot of business dare I say business for us automotive journalist type people because I I don't I don't know that I consider myself an automotive journalist I'm a car guy like she BJ says to me before the show what are you doing I said I'm working on this you know old pickup 79 Chevy pickup putting a new carburetor on it and this that and the other I smell like gas I mean I'm a car guy but (laughs) after 62 years of Almost since I was seven years old when my dad came driving home in a, in a 1952 MG, um, MGA or MG, no, what was it? MG, whatever it was. It was an old MG. It was an old one, a 50s model. I remember standing on the seat behind the wheel, turning the wheel. I was seven years old going, I can't wait to be able to drive. And my, my dad was a little bit of a car guy. So, so for, uh, let's just say, 55 years, I have been a car guy. And literally... It's all I've done. It's I'm I'm a car guy through and through and through and it's still what I do. And if it's not cars, it's tractors or trucks or you know whatever, but you know so but today to go to an auto show and only have, you know, one or two or three vehicles that I can report on as something new, I can't go all that way for that. There's no return on investment, if I can put it like that. So, uh, and, and you know.
2: You know what else is that everything's online, too. I, I'm right. not there either, but I just watched the Kia one on Facebook huh. and YouTube. <laughs> right. So wh- why go? You know, you think about the hotel costs and the travel yeah, costs and, right. and the nightmare and fighting of the journalists when I could see the picture just as well as anybody else does. Yeah, we don't see the car in person, but you'll see it eventually, especially the ones that they're talking about, because. Most of them are already on sale now, or you know, you can go and order them now. So it's well, so like
1: then in like two minutes, can you give me a little uh window into what you saw that was exciting to you? If there was anything such as that?
2: Yeah, the, what was one of the interesting vehicles, they they introduced the new Toyota Prius. Everybody's like, Oh, the thing is just beautiful, sleek, Right design. It looks like you stepped on it, you know, the previous one and <laughs> Okay, you know, it elongated a little bit. That's what it <laughs>
1: right. like. But,
2: so and it's still a Prius, you know, or a Pius. But style, what about this uh
1: this EV six G from who was it? Hyundai.
2: From Kia. Kia this was Kia. actually yeah, Kia EV6. This might have been the coolest car if you can call electric vehicle cool. But they introduced it. It's going to be like a, a Mustang Mach GT competitor. Ah. Five hundred and seventy-six horsepower. I oh mean, you're talking God, right. zero to sixty in three point six seconds, and uh, they got neon green calipers, which I thought, boy, that's pretty ugly. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't like that one at all. But but on Kia's plus side, real fast. They donated a million dollars to St. Jude. so God bless
1: them. Oh, God bless them. Well, you know what's funny? You talk about 500 and some odd horsepower. It's really, it's electric, so it it should be not called horsepower. It should be called lumens, like light bulbs, you know? (laughs) (laughs) We'll take a break. It's got 576 lumens. Uh, Anyway, uh, BJ Colleen will be right back with me. I'm Alan Taylor. This is The Drive. Stay with us.
0: stay tuned there's more of the drive with alan taylor on the road ahead
5: attention business owners 3076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. I need somebody to explain electric horsepower to me.
1: Help! Because you know what? Electric horsepower is just different from regular internal combustion horsepower. It's kind of like diesel engines, how they have less horsepower but more torque. It's like for the average person, they don't really quite understand that. But it's the same thing, like I joked about, uh, electric horsepower should be called lumens. Like, you know, light bulbs have, they measure them in lumens. But you know what, BJ, this is an interesting thing the average person doesn't really understand. Because when you turn on your light bulb with electricity, it just goes bing and it's on. And that's the same way with electric horsepower. If you're not careful, they have to modulate it back. Otherwise, your head would weigh 900 pounds and be in the back seat all by itself, you know, because there'd be so much torque. The tires would just spin, you know. Yeah. So, so they, they bring it on gently, but they can, they can really do some amazing stuff with that electric horsepower, which we're starting to see work its way into the world of motorsports. And I think it's great. But it's just a different kind of thing. And when, when you said that that EV6 GT had how many? Six, 576 horsepower from Kia? Yep,
2: 576. But the bigger number is the fact that it can go from zero to 60 in 3.6 seconds. You know, that's like Ferrari. That's
1: great. Cra- My Viper GT, Viper ACR 10-cylinder engine did 3.5 seconds. And I thought that was scary. And you're talking about a Kia, for goodness sakes. It doesn't matter. It's just, you know, if you say Viper, 3.5 seconds, as Tim Allen would say. But, you know, Kia, 3.6 seconds. He's like, what? (laughs) Your brain goes, huh? You know? Yeah,
2: it's crazy. And it's funny because they're still, the fact that they're still talking about horsepower cracks me up. Because in an electric vehicle, it shouldn't be how fast you go. It should be how far you go. And you should really be talking about, you know, the distance. It's great that I can go 576 horsepower for three miles and I'm out of electric power. <laughs> right. So what's the point? You know, I want to be able to go. I had them tell me it can go 576 miles. You know, I don't need to be going zero to 60. And, you know, me, I love fast cars. I love performance. But in an electric vehicle, that's not the point. That's right. why I love when I see Priuses speeding down the highway doing 90 miles an hour i'm like that's not the point of the car you missed the whole point right, why, why did right. you buy it right. you, you agree with me you know yeah, no, about
1: you? I, I completely <laughs> i get it i completely get it it's like and the p- people that own priuses typically drive like lunatics i don't yes. know why it, now i'm not saying all you folks that own priuses do that but it's like look at this guy on my rear end and you get over and it's a wow there goes a prius you know,
2: so, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, and funny. I can't explain it either. I yeah. don't know. You know, South Park actually coined the phrase Toyota pius when they're talking <laughs> about the owners because they always <laughs> thought that they were higher and mightier than everybody else. Oh and, my god! And I, I think it still sticks a little bit. But if we're talking about the Prius, let's just talk about it. They've got a plug-in hybrid with a new two-liter engine. Yeah, it's got 220 horsepower, but it goes zero to sixty in six point seven seconds. So. You know, you know like, <laughs> drivers do it. It's because they can. You not know,
4: right, right. But
2: on the plus side, they said they improved the range by about fifty percent. So that that to me is really where the story is. Because these people, they're not driving it to go fast, like I said before. Right, but right, right. you know, they've got an all new all wheel drive system. All wheel drive systems can have all the Toyota safety sense features in it. So, you know, I mean, the new Prius still sell as many as they can make, it's always going to be a good car. It's It's a popular car because it's been around a long time, and people like vehicles that aren't new models. Listen, here's
1: the sad thing. The Los Angeles Auto Show is going on, and we are talking about (laughs) the most exciting thing (laughs) there is a Prius. And, I mean, the Kia EV6 GT is actually, it's kind of worth talking about. But think of this. This is like L.A., is the car culture capital of the world. And yeah. we are talking about two electric vehicles, basically, you know, a hybrid and electric. It's just mind boggling to me. That's all I can say. Anyway.
2: Um, well, let's, let's restore your faith in humanity. Yeah. Uh, motor trend just named the Genesis G 90 motor trends car of the year. Mm. And that's mostly an internal combustion engine. It has a little hybrid helper starter, but for the most part, you know, it's got, it's got good power, and, and it's a heck of a vehicle. I know you haven't driven it yet, but you've no, got to get it now. Well, you know what, listen, awesome.
1: ever since the great COVID uh, pandemic thing, you know, the world is so different. You know, I bought horses. I figured, I, you know, I'm going to have to experience real horsepower, <laughs> so I bought four horses because at least I got four horsepower. When you guys all run out of gas and electricity, I still got grass and hay. We'll take a break. (laughs) Oh my God, what's the world coming to? We'll take a break. It is the drive. Stay with us.
0: This is The Drive with Alan Taylor.
1: And joining me right now is BJ Colleen. worked for half of the automotive and motorcycle magazines in the industry for, oh my gosh. How many years, BJ? Oh, we don't want to go there, do we?
2: <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Kia Today said that they started 30 years ago, and I was at that first press conference. So oh that's, my, <laughs> gosh.
1: I how oh my God. Been. Here's something so, funny. I... Had a wrecking yard for Hyundai's when they first came to America, because I thought ain't nobody gonna buy those things and they're <laughs> gonna break down. So I actually I bought a, a wrecking yard and I thought we're gonna specialize in these cars that are kind of you know weird. This car Hyundai like Sunday, what the heck is that? And uh, oddly enough, they weren't bad cars even when they came in, and so I had to shift and add. Subaru and Honda so I had a Hyundai Subaru Honda wrecking yard back in 19 oh boy 1986 believe it or not 86 87 maybe it was 89 maybe it was 89 but uh yeah Hyundais have been pretty good cars and they've only gotten better and better and better to the point that man I think they're right up there with Honda and Lexus today wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, it's amazing. And and they do. They make very good cars. And, you know, Genesis is the, the luxury arm of of Hyundai, just like Lexus is for Toyota right, and Lincoln right. is for Ford and things like that. But you're right. They've improved drastically. I remember when the first Hyundais came to market, they were the little Excel. And it was that car was a phenomenal story for people that don't know about it. It was first introduced here in the United States. It was a little runabout, you know, a little S-Box. You do, know, do you know what year
1: What year was that? Do you remember?
2: Oh my goodness! No, it had to be like eighty, eighty, maybe eighty-six or eighty-seven. That's what something. I'm thinking.
1: Like, right, right in that. Right uh, when
2: I started Motor Trend, I remember that. And that uh, and the car was amazing because it was low priced, and you know right? the, the point people were getting the prices were getting expensive, and it sold like half a million units. It was ridiculous. And then after a while, it started to not be good car, and things started to fall apart, and it got a really bad reputation. And that's when. Hyundai's reputation bombed, and they've been building back, and building back, and building back, and now they're some of the top world-class vehicles out there. Yeah. So it's impressive where they have come from, and Kia, where they started too. You know, they didn't have dealerships in all 50 states when they first started either. So right. Right. It's right. A, it's cool to see all these stories. Wouldn't well, no I,
1: I didn't. About. I didn't stay in Hyundai long enough because when I added Honda and Subaru. To my wrecking yard, because I, I was trying to think to myself back in those days, in the, in the later '80s, mid to later '80s, you know the specialty wrecking yards were really starting to come along. And when I added Honda and Subaru, it was like amazing what happened, because you know people they keep driving them and driving them and driving. And I've seen Hondas and Subarus with it's not unusual to see 300,000. 400,000 and I've seen them with 500,000 miles which that to me just seemed completely uh, insane but people just keep working on them and working on them and fixing them and they just they stay on the road it's absolutely amazing to this day it it amazes me
2: and it's regular maintenance too people forget you know check your tire pressures make sure you're getting oil changes if you need your Brakes redone. Get them done because the car will last. Right. Obviously, you'll have to replace parts because they do wear out sure, after it's a couple a- hundred thousand miles. Yeah, but right. if you take care of it and maintain your car, you're going to be fine. It'll last you a lifetime.
1: Yep. All right. Now, uh, Stephen Cole Smith is going to be on in hour two, and he wrote the story for haggerty.com about Jay Leno. He's going to give us a little insight of you know his story. But he wrote the story right after it happened. Jay Leno got burned, if you guys haven't heard working on one of his cars in his shop last Saturday after we did the show. And I know, BJ, you have a little bit of an update, uh, maybe even further ahead of Steve. Yeah,
2: it was. uh, he had the burns from a 1907, his white steam car caught fire. And uh, so I know he had problems. And I don't know all the ins and outs. I'll let Steve do it. But I I just wanted to say that we wish Jay Leno well. He's just one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life when I was at Motor Trend. He actually loaned us a Viper to do some testing with out at Willow Springs because for some reason Chrysler wouldn't give us the car. I don't know if they were mad at us because you know how manufacturers get that they're mad at Motor Trend for saying something they didn't like. So they punish us. So we called Jay Leno and he said, yeah. And then he took us out and we went to do that. And then we went out to lunch and it was probably one of the best lunches I ever had because they just kept bringing him free food because everybody was so happy he was at the (laughs) restaurant. He's the most humble guy too. He never asked for anything. He was willing to pay for everything, but they were just very nice, and he signs autographs, and he's just a, all around one of the really, really good guys that are out there. So we wish him well, and we wish him a speedy recovery. Yes. I know you've had some run-ins with uh, Jay Leno, right? Positive ones, right? Oh,
1: no, not run-ins. Fun-ins, we'll call Fun-ins. it. yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's been fantastic. He's been doing my show for, and we haven't done it in the last couple of years, of course, of COVID and all that, and then when he started Jay Leno's Garage, but for like 25 years, he was on my show. This is our 30th year of being on the air. And wow, Jay has been on since, um, gosh, I'm going to say the year 2000. So, yeah, he was probably on 22 of the years. And uh, he's just a good man. We know that he was. He's, he's probably still in a hyperbolic chamber to keep swelling down is the, kind of the latest update. And um, he may have had uh, some skin grafts. We, I, I don't know how much we can trust the the news that we hear from, uh, you know, the <laughs> the world of news. But, yeah, but you I know don't. what? God bless him. He's a good man. He tries real hard with, with all of us to uh, make us laugh. And that, to me, is things that uh, we all need more of, is laughter. So uh, Godspeed to Jay Leno and his recovery. All right, when we come back, Carl Brower is going to join us and talk about the World Car of the Year and also uh, give us the latest on uh, car depreciation. And uh, so that's all good stuff. Uh, BJ, thank
2: you. Thanks, Alan.
1: All right, we'll take a break and be right back with Carl Brower from iccars.com. See you in a minute.
5: Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors. Every single day, there are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book.
0: is The Drive with Alan Taylor.
1: Well, it is time now to talk about the North American car truck. No, no, the world car of the year stuff. But I'm going to push that back because Carl Brower is on every jury of every consequence that has any kind of big... uh, you know, title that goes along with it. He's he's the guy that has the big title in my life. He's also executive analyst for iccars.com, but he's on these, the jurors and the board members and all this. But yes, the World Car of the Year Awards. He has driven all the different candidates. We'll talk about that after. More importantly, see, because what I want to do, Carl, by the way, Hi, Carl. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about what's more important to the average Joe and Jill on the street, because the uh, World Car of the Year stuff is great for the manufacturers, you know, but it's like, okay, that's nice, but how does that help me, is what the average person says. So here is the latest news on car depreciation. Five cars that went up in value over the past three years that are worth more now than they were when they were new. I hope I bought one, please. Is this a, a, uh, a study from com or, or what?
7: Yeah, we do this on a regular annual basis. We do our five-year depreciation study, yeah. and we just look at what the cars are losing the most value. And um, not surprisingly, the last few years have changed things a bit. Yeah, as you right. probably know, Alan, yeah. um, Pricing isn't like it used to be for the used cars. And so two years ago, five year old car was typically fifty percent of its new car value, give or take. Wow. Last year that dropped to forty percent. And this year we just ran our study and it dropped to thirty three percent. Wow. So cars used to be half of their value after five years. Now they've only lost one third of their value. Right. And so we were like, "Well, this is all pandemic-related, and it's just more and more of the pandemic time frame absorbing the full five years that's causing this. What if we look at three-year depreciation? Because that's another metric various places look at. Mm-hmm. So we did look at three-year. And um, last year, the depreciation was 24%. This year, it's 17%. That means wow. the average car lost only 17% of its value after three years, which is
1: Amazing. pretty crazy. Yeah, right.
7: But that's the average car. Then you have the unique cars, as you mentioned. There are five models that if you bought them at their new MSRP three years ago on the used market today, after driving them, by the way, you didn't have to put them in a garage and or tarp over them with eight miles drive them like a normal car for three years buy them three years ago at msrp they are worth more today on the used market than their msrp from three years
1: okay ago. let's hear what they are because i'm crossing my fingers i bought one but I, I don't think i did but i i think i chose very wisely but let's hear what you got so in
7: order of appreciation they are the porsche 911 oh really wow
1: okay yeah okay
7: Toyota RAV4 hybrid. You're kidding me. And I love that those are one or two. Could we have a wider spread of vehicle types, right? Right. Um, 911.4 RAV4 hybrid. Number three is the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. okay. Go ahead. And number four, another Porsche, Porsche 718 Cayman. Oh, really? And number five is the Jeep Wrangler two-door, just the regular Jeep Wrangler, not the unlimited four-door version. Isn't that funny? Probably not super surprising to a lot of people. Everyone knows Porsches hold their value well. Wranglers have always held their value well. I think that RAV4 hybrid maybe feels like a little bit of a, really? Um, (laughs) But with the gas prices of the last six or eight months, every hybrid benefited, and that did too. But just nuts, Alan. Three-year-old cars that are more valuable in the used market today than their new MSRP from three years ago.
1: I'm happy to say that two years ago, I bought a brand new Jeep Gladiator of which I know, you know, and, the, and my audience knows cause they know me and I drove it for about eight months. And then a friend of mine was having a hard time finding one. And um, so he, he sees me at a gas station and he says, uh, how do you like that thing? I said, I love it. And he says, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find one. Cause I really want to buy one. I said, well, buy mine. And he's like, Why would you do that? You just told me you loved it. I said, I do love it. I said, but I I, want to get a diesel one. And he goes, because mine was a gas. He goes, "Uh, what would you sell it to me for? I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I got a good deal. I'll sell you for what I paid for it. He wrote me a check. Yeah, he's a rich guy, but that's all right. He wrote me a check (laughs) for it, you know? And he had the money because he had sold his vehicle already. So he's just in that position. But I got to drive that thing for eight months for free. And I right. loved it. I really loved it. Now, it wasn't a four-door Wrangler or a two-door Wrangler. It was the, the pickup truck. But I want to tell you, I went out to buy my diesel, and it took me eight months to get it. Because right. to find a Jeep Wrangler diesel, the Wrangler uh, Gladiator, which is the pickup truck, was not easy. I had to actually I had to go all the way to uh, Utah to find one. And I found one, and I got it, and I love it. And I believe this vehicle, because it's an oddball with a diesel, is going to hold its value really well. So you and I have, we're, we're you know, kind of like, uh, what, how do we do it? Do we crystal ball a little bit? And we've talked about a lot of cars, like both of us bought a Dodge Demon. Now, I sold mine, and I made a pile of money, thank goodness. You still have yours. I still think you could make money, because they are now going up, as you know, again. They went down yep. for a bit, and they're going back up. You and I also bought some other supercars along the way. You bought a Ford GT and... Boy, did you make money on the first one, and boy, would you make money on the one you have now. So you and I have, have crystal balled pretty good on these cars, and I had a Dodge Viper ACR. I made money after owning it three and a half years. It is possible to do. Very rare, but possible. I don't think that people that bought the Porsche 911s thought that they would go up as much as they have, but the one that, that uh, there was two Porsches. What was the other one you said? It was in a Cayman?
7: Seven eighteen came in the mid-engine one.
1: Yeah, that one actually surprises me. The nine eleven, not so much because people are really digging on them, and yeah. uh, but the the other one there, uh, the other uh, the the Toyota Rav four hybrid, that's another kind of head scratcher. And I've watched them go up. Even uh, the window stickers have gone up as well. But yeah. uh, you know, this is good news for the consumers, isn't it? it? Really is.
7: Well, if they if they own any of those cars, or or really any car, because you know, there's this thing called cost to own that a lot of sites track. And right. It's basically how much total money it costs you to own a car. Right. And it's often over a three or five-year period. That they'll measure it. And guess what the number one component of your cost to own is? Mm depreciation there of you your go. car. That's you the go. single biggest factor. you got insurance and registration, maybe some maintenance and all, but five-year depreciation, three-year depreciation is always the single biggest factor. Remember the old thing we've all heard for decades, oh, a car loses half its value the moment you drive it off the lot. You yeah, know, and that's a little anymore. bit of an overstatement. <laughs> yeah. But it does lose huge percentage as soon as you drive it off the lot, because it's now a used car instead of a new car. Right. Unless it's a 911 apparently, then it's going up in value after you drive <laughs> right. off the lot. So <laughs> so it's a kind of a different world now. The other thing I would tell people is that the world is shifting as we know, whether it's the supply chain slowly being repaired, making it easier to produce cars, and economic concerns and interest rates causing people to have less money or less confidence to spend their money. So I think we will see a shift, and it'll be interesting to see another two to three years from now where cars are, but I think we're starting
1: to... Shift the other way. You will keep us uh, up to speed through the uh, analytics of the ICCars.com folks there. Uh, Executive analyst Carl Brower joining us. The one I'm surprised it wasn't on that list, and you can find that whole list at ICCars.com, is the new Ford Bronco. Real surprised it wasn't on the list. So uh,
7: The only reason, only reason, Alan, it's not around long enough. Remember, we have to do ah, three and
1: 5 here. That okay, well, there you go. There. Same with your Gladiator. It yeah. could be on there too in another church. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I don't think so because they're not. At as popular but with a diesel another story all right we'll take a little break then we're going to talk about the world car of the year cars what does all that mean stay with us it is the drive discover the 2022 subaru forester wilderness the second member of the subaru wilderness family featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time the forester wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure discover more at subaru.com wilderness
0: this is The Drive with Alan Taylor.
1: And Carl Brouwer joining us from iccars.com. He is, uh, of course, not only, I should say, not only is Carl on the North American Car and Truck and SUV of the Year. uh, He's a juror and board member there, but he's also a, um, he's one of the, uh, well, I don't know, what do you call it? You're on the board or on the jury of the uh, World Car of the Year thing now, Carl?
7: So far, just jury. You know, I only got on in August, so you got to give me a little time. I'll be on the board. You know, like probably next month, but it takes a
1: little while. <laughs> you know, I've often thought about. I thought, you know, that that's kind of a, um, it's kind of a big deal because, I mean, maybe I wouldn't want to be on it because, you know, me, I'm so snarky. I'd be joking around, talking about boogers and things, and the automakers wouldn't like it. You know me. It's just like, it's just I, I'm, it's I'm not serious enough, Carl. You know. <laughs> because and here's why because cars to me are like a, a playground they're like the the swing set you know i want to jump on there and i want to climb the chains and and i want to go as high as i can and do a flip when i get up in the air and come off the and you're not supposed to do all that you know i want to get the well how did we meet many years ago in a car that i got airborne with an aston martin and carl's like um Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you're going to get airborne. Okay. I said, Yeah, you got a camera crew. Get somebody to film this for me. That was about like 20 years ago, right?
7: It was. God, that was like 20 years ago launching the Aston Martin. Uh, just found a stretch of road where there was a nice uh, sudden sudden rise. And if you were going, uh, you know, well, we'll just say both the speed limit or lower, you would have just had a slight little, you know, stomach whoop de doo. But once we found it, you were quick to identify, huh? If you go a little faster, you probably go more than a slight whoop do doo in your stomach. You might get a whole whoop do doo for the car, and uh, we
1: did. You know, and it's no wonder Aston Martin doesn't invite me to anything. And, I, you know, I know the guys. I know who they are. They know who I am. But uh, the second time that I did something in a quarter-million-dollar car was uh, when I think the James Bond version came out around 2012 or 13 somewhere, 2011, 12, 13, whenever it was. And uh, we were in Texas. For some reason, they chose Texas to launch the car. And I had with me the, the British guy from Aston Martin at the time who was, I can't think of his name, but he was like the, the head of marketing or head of communications or whatever. And I'm driving like 150 miles an hour out in the, out in the uh, you know, the cactus of Texas. And all of a sudden, I, I passed this pickup truck. You know, i was like, it's a pickup truck. He's going like 60 miles an hour. And all of a sudden he flicks his lights on. It was some sort of a forest ranger or something. Right. He pulls us over and he comes walking up to all sideways with his hand on the gun. I know I've told you this story. I know. I think you were on the trip, but, uh, he says to me, what kind of car is this? I said, you ever seen the movie back to the future? Yeah. And I go, well, that's this thing right here. And he, <laughs> he didn't know what the hell to think, but he didn't give me a ticket. He says, "How fast were you going?" He says, "My my navigation system's got a got a, a, a speedometer thing on it," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, you don't really know how fast I was going," but anyway, he did not give me a ticket, and I passed him at least at 150. So the people at Aston Martin, I don't know, maybe they just don't like me anymore. But I would not make a good jury guy on the World Car of the Year because I would be doing that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's you know that's just me, right?
7: Well. And so now we get to hear you tell the stories on the radio versus driving the cars to uh, scare the OEs. And I think that's right. a better use of your thing. You know, the automaker's getting scared. You get to just tell the stories and, and entertain us all with them. So it's well, uh, not a know, bad listen, evolution. Listen,
1: you and I are the same, except you have much more um, self-control. That's the word. Uh, all right, so before we run out of time, we've got a couple of minutes. And we got one more segment, too. Tell us, what is the world car of the years? I mean, obviously we know. But where did it come from? When did it start? and give us a little little back story on that.
7: Sure. I mean, it's not been around as long as North American Car, but it was smart. Someone realized, you know, if they can do an award focused on the U.S. and Canada markets and Mexico, why not do one for the globe? And so that's what the organizers came up with. Sure enough, they've got different people around the planet that are seen as like they're kind of, uh, you know, stewards of the brand, and then we all get together in Pasadena, once a year, right at the base of Angeles Crest highway, which is a great highway, you know, to drive yeah. road. Yeah. And we drive all the candidates. And uh, you know, I'm looking at the requirements here, you know, it must be produced in 10,000 units a year, must be priced below the luxury car level in their primary markets and must be on sale in at least two major markets, China, Europe, India, Japan, Korea, Latin America, and USA, on at least two separate continents. So that's kind of how you're eligible for it. Mm. and. Really cool. You know, I I got to drive a bunch of cars. Most of them were U.S. model cars anyway. Sometimes, some years, they bring cars that can't even buy here, but they're available in two other markets that make them eligible. And they bring them, they ship them over here for us to drive. But, yeah, you know, BMW X1 and uh, the Lucid, you know, the new Lucid. Hold
1: on, hold on. Let's find out, you know, I I want you to, in the next segment, walk through... Some of the cars that, that wowed you out of the World Car of the Year um, competition, you might say. And because uh, I, I don't know anybody that's driven the Lucid yet. So if you drove it, I want to hear about it. Uh, it is sure. The Drive. Carl Brower is here with IcyCars.com. Don't go anywhere.
5: Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash
0: Welcome back to the drive. Now, here's Automotive Expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: And our show brought to you by Subaru. Go where love takes you, Subaru. Thanks for the sponsorship there, Subaru. And uh, Carl Brower joining us right now. He's an executive analyst for iccars.com. He's also a juror on the World Car of the Year competition, I guess you might say, because, boy, these automakers really want to, you know, they want to win these awards. And, and when you're talking about, you know, one is North American Car Truck of the Year and all that, and Carl's a, a board member and a juror, but this is the whole world. So are you saying, because I, maybe I didn't understand it, but are you saying that like car companies like Seat could be on this? I mean, because that's a car we don't see here, and Peugeot,
7: right? Exactly, Peugeot. Uh, you know, Fiat. I mean, I guess there's Fiats here, sort of. Yeah, but uh, Fiat and Seat are two
1: different car <laughs> companies, you know.
7: Right, right. right. But uh, sure, you'd see stuff over here. You could have like Seat, you know, which, yeah. which sounds like Fiat, but it right. looks like the word Seat. But you know, that's yeah. a economy. It's branded, actually you
1: know? spelled Seat. S E A T. Yeah. And you go, oh, look at that! That car is called Seat. What, why didn't they call it Bowling Ball? But it's Seat anyway. Yeah,
7: yeah. So there's there's anything that's sold on two or more continents and at the right volumes and has the right pricing and all, so you end up with oh, a pretty wide range of vehicles. Kind of cool. And uh, you know, again, uh, well, I, well, give I me was give me three.
1: Everything. Give me three that because we don't have a lot of time uh, that wowed sure. you. And and we talked about the Lucid Air, and I've heard a lot of interesting stories about it, but I want to hear from you.
7: Yeah, so the Lucid Air is really impressive, and the thing to keep in mind about Lucid is that it was started by what was for a while Elon Musk's right hand man at I Tesla. Know, yeah, and uh, as sometimes happens with uh, executives, especially uh, strong personalities, I'll use that term, yeah. uh, something was a falling out, and the uh, guy who was his right hand man left, and I don't think he left under necessarily the most friendly, happy terms. And I think there was definitely a yeah, I'm going to show you I'm going to start my own electric car company by this guy. <laughs> right. and so he started yeah. Lucid. And I think he's trying to do everything that Teslas don't do well, you know, whether it's, you know, really refined interiors that are very upscale and premium and stuff. Uh, but did you like it? Did, did you like it? I did. And it's really, yeah. I mean, it's fast. And the one I had was the 850 horsepower oh, version. And there's, and there's a 1,050, there's 1,000, no. 1,050 horsepower versions if you want. And this is a sedan. This is just a sedan.
1: It's a, a sedan, beautiful yeah. sedan, too. But
7: but, you know, and you expect something like that to be big and heavy. Well, it is big, and it is heavy. And you expect it to feel that way going around corners. It doesn't really feel that way. Huh? That's the impressive thing. You know, you're driving this thing around corners. Of course, the horsepower helps hide the weight right. when you're accelerating. But even going around corners, it's like, geez, they've really managed the what is a very heavy vehicle and a large mm-hmm. vehicle in a way that makes it feel much right. smaller than it is.
1: All right. So the, here's the question. Give me two more. You got two minutes to try and fit two more cars in there.
7: Sure. So... I'm hugely enamored by the Mercedes SL, the newest SL. Oh, really? Uh, This is just a fabulous car. And, you know, I I mean, I've always had respect for Mercedes as an engineering company, and I like their product and their brand fine, but I'm not like any kind of, you know, like, oh, if it's Mercedes, I love it. So I'm not like that at all. This is an impressive car. It Hmm. looks beautifully. It drives beautifully. Everything about this car is really well executed. It's got this bi-turbo V8 engine. And, you know, no electrification. It's one of probably the last cars like this. And it just, the sounds it makes, the horsepower it makes.
1: I love it. Everything about the car is fabulous. By the way, I I drove, I have a a ranch in Oregon. I drove from Oregon to LA. Normally takes me 12 hours. One night I was wild. I had a SL twin turbo V8. And uh, I made it in eight hours and 10 minutes. I was driving 150 miles. All, All through the night, by the way. I thought, tonight I'm going to jail. (laughs) <laughs> it was in my wild, more wilder days. All right, one minute. Give me one minute last car that you loved from the World Car of the Year competition. Go ahead.
7: So this one I'm not really allowed to talk about. We're not supposed to talk about driving impressions at all, but it's the Hyundai Ioniq 6, which is essentially a sedan. How does that even fit in that? with
1: those other two cars? That's all I can say.
7: I, well, that's the thing. Is, so without actually talking about driving impressions, because I'm not allowed to, let's right. just say I'm talking about that car along with the SL and the Lucifer. Yeah, so wow. Much. And, it's, and you can see it right now, and it already out there. And this is clearly an assault right on the model three wow. so everything from its pricing to its styling all, and right, all, and all its right.
1: shape and it's not you're not supposed to but, talk about it don't get yourself in trouble executive well, I haven't analyst.
7: Drives yet. <laughs> i'm just giving basics you can find on the internet. okay but don't okay. look at it the IONX six and i think this car will be a high profile car and be talked about much in the coming 20th.
1: when is the uh competition going to be over and when are they going to announce this stuff for the world car of the year
7: they always do it at the New York Auto Show,
1: which is, you know, right in oh. April, or early April. So that's oh. when we'll know which one. Very interesting. ICCars.com, Carl Brower. You can find him also at his own website. Carl Brower. Brower. B-R-A-U-E-R. Carlbrower.com. Carl, Thank you, buddy.
7: That's Carl with a K too. Don't forget.
1: That's right. <laughs> well, there you Adam. go, Carl, like uh, Carl's Junior. Oh no, that's a C. Never mind. It's the K. All right, <laughs> we'll take a break. We got another hour to go. Lauren oh, Fix, Carl coming. Lagerfeld. It's <laughs> Carl Lagerfeld. There you <laughs> go. With uh, Lauren Fix will be here and Stephen Cole Smith talking about motorsports and what else is going on in the world. You're listening to the Drive. Stay tuned for another hour.
4: A
0: Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: And automotive expert, television and radio host, Lauren Fix from The Car Coach. <laughs> the Car Coach Report. Isn't that funny? I'm thinking as I, you and I were talking in a commercial break about how you're... Uh, you're doing something with Fox, and, and she's like, "Hold on, I gotta fix this. I gotta fix this. I gotta." Oh, dang it, I gotta fix it. It's like, and I'm working on a carburetor, you know. Earlier, uh, just ah, oh, we're just trying to fix things all the time, aren't we, Miss Fix?
3: Yeah, well, that's cars. <laughs> that's cars. I know. Right. It's so funny. There's a company out there called Fix Auto, and everyone thinks it's mine. I'm like, yeah, if I owned that chain, I would be racing every day, and you know where to find me. Trip.
1: <laughs> well, uh, so reality, right? Exactly. In this hour, we're gonna have Lauren Fix here. By the way, you can find her at carcoachreports.com and there's a lot of videos there she's very prolific on videos and she also is on all of the big networks and talking about cars but and then at the bottom of the hour we're going to have Stephen cole smith who is a mutual friend of both of ours and he'll talk about a little bit about what's going on in the world of motorsports but you said you had a little info which i think this is important to people that are thinking about buying an electric car or a and I think maybe the plug-in hybrids, I'm not sure you can maybe shine some light on this. This $7,500 tax credit, when you buy these, uh, these, these types of cars that you can get a tax credit, not as easy to get these days. Is that what you were saying? No, the rules have changed. Oh, boy.
3: So when they did the Inflation Reduction Act, all those companies, if you remember, it started this way. You can make up to 200,000 cars, and the $7,500 tax credit would then go down to the customer, So whether you bought or leased the car, you got the tax credit. Let me define what a tax credit typically is. You owe $10,000 federal taxes at the end of the year for whatever you do for a living, whether it be from stocks or your income or whatever. And then you could say, I can reduce it by the $7,500. That is not a $7,500 discount off the car, which again, is typical of what the government does. They tell you one thing, but it's really not that way. So that was beneficial to people who made a lot of money typically people that made a quarter million dollars or more. That's not the average income for the United States. It's somewhere around 66000
4: Right.
3: So a lot of people weren't eligible for it, so it didn't really inspire people to do that. So when they did the Inflation Reduction Act, they changed everything. And so companies like Toyota and General Motors and Tesla, who were no longer eligible, then went back into the fold as being eligible, but they all kind of got screwed along the way. And that basically comes down to us. So first thing, as soon as they announced that this $7,500 electric tax credit was available for any car built in North America, Ford, GM, Kia, all of them, raised their prices by seven to $8,000. <laughs> so you we were getting the tax break. It was like, excuse me? I mean, a lightning truck, and I think it's a very cool truck. It's a finalist for North American Truck of the Year and all that. It is now $8,000 more to get into the entry level. Oh, so they, my. they just jacked up the prices to offset it. Cause remember that money comes out of the manufacturer and they were already taking a loss on every electric car they sell. So and Tesla raised their prices too. So it wasn't just the domestics, literally everyone. So the new rule is the car has to be built in the United States. I'm sorry, North America, right. anywhere in North America. So Mexico, Canada, U S you can earn that $7,500 tax credit. Well that eliminated a lot of cars that were built in other countries and those manufacturers have been pushing back hard. As a matter of fact, As of today, while we're talking, the House lawmakers have joined senators to push for delaying this phase in of the next phase, which literally eliminates almost every single car, because the EV tax credit requirements as of 2023, which we're getting very close to, all the rules change. The batteries have to be built in North America. And how many cars qualify? Right. Come on, Alan, you know the answer. Uh, Zero. 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 (laughs) Zero. None. None. Right. So the manufacturers like, wait a minute! You're telling people you're incentivizing, but then you're turning on us and telling us no. So this is a massive issue. So while senators are trying to push back, that doesn't mean they can make convince the White House to do anything, especially with a split House and Senate. But either way, even if the existing people were still there, there's a lot of people that push back. So again, how this works is this: the electric tax credit for North America is based on a sticker restriction and an income restriction, which was not in place before. Mm. So if you make more than $150,000, you're not eligible. If you're a joint filer that makes over $225,000, your household combined, which is as much is not twice as much, you're not eligible. Boom, that's out. God. Now, if you have a car, I'll think of all the cool electric cars that are out there. There's a lot of cool Lucid, right. Rivian, right. the Kios and the Genesis. If a vehicle car, if a car costs more than $55,000, you're not eligible. Oh,
1: all right. Well, hold on. Be, we we got to take it, a wait, break. It gets
3: better. It uh-oh, gets uh-oh, better. No, hold on. Me. Hold on.
1: Let me do, do it on the other side because I know you, have, uh, you also have a little insight into the new Toyota Prius and Prius Prime I want to hear about too. But yeah. this is sickening. I think I need to go and hurl. Just uh, stay right there. Sorry. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Lauren Fix is here. CarCoachReports.com on the web. Stay with us.
5: Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors. Every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book.
1: this is The Drive and we're talking to Lauren Fix she's the car coach carcoachreports.com on the web you can find her on uh, the social media places Twitter at Lauren Fix Instagram hashtag carcoachreports and uh, of course Facebook you know just, just search for Lauren Fix you'll find her uh, Lauren you're not delivering any kind of good news and, and just to be clear this is only this is the $7,500 tax credit that is only good anyway for electric vehicles, hybrids and all that don't fit into that. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. Now okay. there is some variants here, so I don't have to go through all of this. Okay. Back up just a touch. Okay. So if you make more than $150,000 as an individual or 225 as a, as a ho- head of household, you're not eligible. So they've capped the dollar amount. It used, to be, well, it used to be people who have made you know half a million dollars or more, they're out buying Teslas. And I have a friend who has a collection of cars And I said, hey, I go, why do you have a Tesla? He goes, oh, it's got 100 miles on it. I go, why did you buy it? I mean, he's got, he's like tons of vehicles. He goes, I bought it for the tax credit because the cost of the vehicle (laughs) gave me the $10,000 tax credit with his state credit. And he said, I actually saved money. I'm going to sit on this car and I'm going to sell it. (laughs) Again, there's always somebody who can bypass the system by doing the math, right? Right, right, right? So here's some more math for you. If a car is an electric vehicle, there's a lot of cool ones. The Mach E, the Volkswagen ID4, the Genesis GV60—well, that's considered an SUV. But the cars, have Rivian now, you all kinds
1: of crazy stuff. Yeah. Right.
3: Well, each one has a different price category. I, I don't know what they're going to do with crossovers and cars that are kind of floating in the middle. But yeah. cars are capped at fifty-five thousand dollars. Anything as a car if it's over fifty-five grand, you don't get the tax credit at all. Zero.
4: Oh.
3: How about this? An SUV over eighty grand. You want to buy that wicked cool Hummer? The Hummer E V.
4: Yeah.
3: Sorry, no tax credit. You pay the full ticket. And you can load up an F one fifty Lightning way over eighty grand. Oh easy. yeah, Right. So if you want to go with trucks, that's the same thing, eighty grand. Vans are completely ineligible. So if you were looking at like a Sprinter van, there's a new Sprinter E V by Mercedes, mm. not eligible. <laughs> That's stupid. People aren't gonna be inspired to buy it if there's no tax credit.
1: You know what? So, they they have it it's it's in there. So good, it's, it's for name why do you need only. The
3: tax credit? Yeah,
1: the tax credit right. is for name only and it doesn't really exist. It's vaporware as well. It's a vapor tax credit thing. You know, it just right. it disappears. You,
3: you keep in mind if I have to incentivize you to buy anything, yeah. a goods or a service, then it's not so good. Because if it was that good the incentive would go away, and boom, people would be buying them. Never sure, happened. We've been right. playing this game for how many years? I know. I, I fear this might be a fad if the government keeps getting their fingers in it, because you know how good they do with the post office, Amtrak, and everything else they touch, including healthcare. <laughs> yeah, so, we won't even go down that road. I saw. Right, I, I saw. To back to the hang on. Minute. I
1: saw a commercial for the U.S. Postal Service today, and it was a really nice commercial, but it just made me laugh. I thought, "Oh my gosh." they're broke and they're spending prime time television time saying, use the postal service. You know, it's like.
3: It's your tax dollars. Don't worry. They got unlimited supply. I
1: know, right? Anyway, continue. So
3: there's one other little caveat in this infrastructure bill. A used electric car. There are limits here, too. In the case of a used vehicle, on your tax credit, the cost of that used electric vehicle cannot be more than $25,000 and has to be at least two years old. So what, what are you going to find? A Nissan LEAF? You're really limiting the options, and it screws over the manufacturers who are putting out some pretty cool products. Yeah. And the plug ins some of them are eligible for a lesser tax credit. It's somewhere around 3500 but at some point it's no longer an incentive. And as they're pushing these manufacturers hard, as I've talked to many executives that will leave their names out of it,
4: yeah.
3: one thing they're all saying is this. We have two choices. We can get fined Billions of dollars, and the fine is quite substantial, or we can lose thousands of dollars in every car, and so it costs us millions per year instead of billions per year. But either way, it's a lot.
1: Mm. Very sad scenario that you have I'm just sorry, laid upon I'm us. Sorry. Well, it's a good thing we've got I Stephen know. Cole Smith coming up next. Cause, or not next, but <laughs> at the bottom of the hour. He, he always makes me I laugh.
3: I just saw him. He's great. He's hysterical.
1: <laughs> I just saw him at the Class of 24 in Daytona. Oh, my gosh. Good I'm, guy. I'm telling he you, I'm... I'm really disgusted, but I know, let's move on from that. In other words, the tax credit that they've been talking about is vaporware because it's going away. It's, it's vaporizing in front of your eyes, America. Uh, and that's the world we live in today. Lauren Fix is with us. When she comes back, we're going to talk about the new Toyota Prius Prime they're show, showing at the LA Auto Show, of which we haven't really talked about because there's not much to talk about. But I uh, want to hear from that. About that, when we come back, just stay with us. We'll be back in two or three minutes. Stay with us.
4: Today, me a the
1: Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time the forester wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure discover more at subaru.com wilderness
0: this is The Drive with Alan Taylor.
1: And Lauren Fix joining us right now. The Car Coach. You'll see her on television. Um, Fox and God knows where else. I've seen her even on the Weather Channel. Uh, TheCarCoachReports.com on the web. Uh, At Lauren Fix on Twitter. Instagram, hashtag CarCoachReports. Lots of videos if you like to watch videos about uh, new cars and what's going on in the world. Uh, LA Auto Show, you and I did not go to the media days. Carl Carl uh, is probably there right now. Carl Brower was on uh, in the first hour, but didn't, you know, there wasn't really much. It was kind of lackluster for us journalists. We go typically for those who are trying to sift through what I'm talking about, because normally the automakers will have these um, kind of these, I don't know, extravagant unveilings of cars. I know one of the cars that they showed at the L.A. Auto Show was a Toyota Prius and the Prius Prime. And you got to see it, Lauren Fix. You got to see it in advance of all this.
3: Yeah, because I wasn't staying. I had to head back for a town board meeting. So I was able to get an inside sneak peek from Toyota on a concept car called the BZ. Mm. Uh, It's a compact crossover. Really cool. I have a video posted on that Mm. that went up, what was it, uh, Thursday? So you can take a peek at that. And I also got to see the Prius Prime, which now gets And the Prius. The Prime is the plug-in. The Prius is the regular. I think that's the best choice. You get the best of everything. 57 miles to the gallon. That was awesome. Uh, New 2-liter engine, all new design. It looks like the new Crown, which I've also reviewed on my channel. All the safety features come with it. New 12-inch screen. Really, 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 really impressive compared to what the last one was kind of quirky and weird. This is modern and sportier and certainly something, if you're thinking about a Prius or you're going, fuel's getting crazy and it isn't going to get cheaper. Again, I keep being the bearer of bad tidings. I don't know how that happens. That's by <laughs> accident. I know. Uh, I, my apologies. No, uh, it is what it is. Anyway, is it? Um, yeah, it is what it is. But I also want to say the show kicked off with the North American Car and Truck of the Year Final Three. Now, both Carl Brower and myself are on the World Car of the Year jury, as well as the North American Car and Truck of the Year. So I'll give you the final three. So if you're looking at cars, the 50 jurors from North America, really, it was difficult. We came down to three cars, three trucks, three utilities. I'll just read them to you. Car of the Year, the three. The three finalists, and the winners will be announced first week of January.
4: Gotcha.
3: Uh, The Acura Integra. Hmm. Pretty cool car, especially if you go with the A-Spec genesis g80 electric i really like that vehicle and the nissan z car that cool little fun 2c I used to have a z and 100 years ago i oh. loved it north american truck of the year the final three is the chevrolet silverado zr2 the ford f-150 lightning which i mentioned earlier oh. and the Lordstown endurance which you probably wouldn't even know what that is it's a startup company and this is a work truck so uh I'm not really sure if the average person would want one, but they are pretty cool looking. So if you haven't seen it, you want to check that out. And then the utility, the big, big class, the class that everyone wants to win, is the Cadillac Lyric, which I believe it or not, I've not driven it yet. I was just reaching out to Cadillac saying, I got to drive this thing. The Genesis GV60, which I totally love. It is the coolest technology in it. It has a drawer instead of a glove box. It's just has a <laughs> visual. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's like if you're looking at something you go, I want to show my friends and go, this is the coolest thing you've seen, people will be blown away. The handle when you start the car flips over. I mean it's just very sci fi. And the Kia E V six, which I really do like, they're both in the same chassis. Really very cool vehicles. So E V six, G V sixty, the Cadillac lyric. So uh A lot
1: of electric cars. Look at that. No, I'm just, I'm looking at all this. and Only uh, a few
3: gas cars.
1: Wow, that's, well, but that's what 2022 and 2023 are going to be all about, is all these, like the Lordstown, which a lot of people are like, huh? Yeah, that's a new car company entering the marketplace. The Ford Lightning. Lots of them. My guess, if I had to guess, if I'm looking at these, and let me just do this, just for fun, I'm going to go Genesis G80. Okay, that's what I think. Really? Yeah, I, I do. I thought
3: the Z car would win. Well, that's I, a tough I, one. That's a great car. Though. Yeah,
1: I like it. But I got to tell you, I, you hear everybody raving all the other journalists about this Genesis. I think the the Ford Lightning. So I'm making my marks on this piece of paper. Yeah. And between these other ones, I think for some reason the Cadillac Lyric. And so that's really? those are my guesses.
3: i thinking yes. Kia EV6.
1: Yeah, I know, yeah, but
3: it's too expensive. Well,
1: d- does price have a, a factor in here? No. It
3: does for some of the journalists. I I think the problem is is that we have about little, little less than half. Yeah. of the journalists are from Detroit. So they're going to back something Detroit. But I will tell you World Car of the Year last year it was a total sweep from the Hyundai Ionic. Yeah. So well, anything.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just listen, I if I'm crystal balling, I'm going to we're going to come back and talk about this after it's all over after January and we'll see okay. we'll just see how how much foresight or or frontal vision frontal lobe i don't know whatever you want to call it that i have <laughs> so, i can't <laughs> ask ball. you it's yeah a crystal ball yeah, yeah there you go i can't ask you because you're on the jury and uh carl what was more well, I interested you,
3: I, I, we don't know the results anyhow so it doesn't make a difference we, but, we right. have no clue we yeah.
1: But I don't want you leading because, the yeah. jury or whatever you want to call it. <laughs>
3: you know, Well, anyway. I I'll tell you how, how I'm going to vote for sure. Definitely going to be the lightning without question. Yeah. I'm really torn on the car. I love the Z car, but I'm thinking the Acura Integra has the best shot. And when it comes to utility, uh, I do love the GV60. I just think it's cool. Like the yeah. EV6 is awesome, but the GV60 just really stands out.
1: All right. Here it is. Uh, carcoachreports.com. Lauren Fix, we are out of time. Stephen Cole-Smith coming up next. Thank you, Lauren. So, Thank you. Drive right back. Stay with us. <laughs> oh, yeah.
5: Attention, business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors. Every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book.
0: This is the drive with alan taylor
1: and our show is brought to you in part by dodge domestic not domesticated uh the sharp dressed man in uh this segment of the show is our motorsports guy Stephen cole smith
8: <laughs> if you could see if you could see what I was wearing now, that would be, uh, yeah. Go, go ahead, just imagine imagine me in something something nice. It's a white t shirt and blue shorts. So.
1: You know what? I I was at SEMA and I saw Jimmy Houston. You know Jimmy Houston, right? The fisherman. Yeah, sure. And and I walked over to him and I go, Hey, Jimmy, what's going? He goes, Hey, man, what's happening? And I go, you got some kind of mullet going on there. And I'm telling you what, he <laughs> made a deal with somebody that he wasn't going to cut his hair until something happened. I can't remember what it was because I was so busy laughing. So he
8: caught a fish, probably. <laughs> no,
1: probably. no, no. He catches lots of But he has okay. this mullet. That he goes, you know, I wasn't gonna cut any of my hair, but it kept getting in my dog on eye, so I just took the scissors and cut off the front. And I'm telling <laughs> you what, that guy is like an old hound dog from a Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, with the long hair hanging over his eyes and funny mullet. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he is funny. And he was dressed like an old bag man, you know. He just is yeah. and I go, What are you doing? He goes, I'm signing autograph. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, look at you. Everybody must think you're crazy. And he just laughs. He is the greatest guy. I love it.
8: He's a heck of a fisherman, I'll too. I've watched his you. show for years.
1: Yeah, he's he's just a classic guy. There's, there's no question about it. I love
8: and You're
1: that way. You don't care if you go to somewhere. It's like you don't have to dress up fancy. You just go. You're Steve Goldsmith. You just blue jeans and a, and a, and a T-shirt and whatever. It is what it is. I love that about you, Well, you know,
8: the the good thing about it is that if I go to a 50s party or a 60s party or whatever, I wear (laughs) t T-shirt and blue jeans, which I've worn since I was seven years old. (laughs) So no matter what era I'm going for, T-shirt and blue jeans, hey, I'm dressed like I did in the (laughs) 60s, man. I'm sorry. T-shirt and blue jeans. That's
1: that's an actual perfect segue to the guy I bet that
8: you did. I bet you did though. I bet you were a double knit man.
1: Oh no, no. I was the same as you. I grew up in Southern California up in Ohio, believe it or not, which is above okay. Santa Barbara and Ventura up in the mountains. And my thing was that's where Patagonia started the brand Patagonia. Oh, really. And so we used to go to the Patagonia outlet. And so we all wore Patagonia, you know, t-shirts and down jackets and then blue jeans and hiking boots. That, i don't there care if it was 150 degrees you had blue jeans and hiking boots anyway <laughs> uh, but talking about blue jeans perfect segue to the guy that always wears blue jeans everything is uh jay leno now let's talk about yeah. him he was in a pretty horrible uh fire accident with his cars what do you know
8: yeah it happened last saturday just afternoon that's when the fire department got a call to his uh his garage at the Burbank airport there. He was working on one of his steam cars. I think it's 115 years old. And apparently the fuel line, and I didn't know there was a fuel line, but they used kerosene or gasoline to heat the boiler to create the steam. Uh-huh. And he had a uh, fuel line clogged, and he I guess it must have flashed back on him. Wow. So a spark ignited it and burned the left side of his face and his arm fairly badly. It was, uh, according to TMZ, it could have been fatal had there not been somebody there, one of his friends, who helped him, uh, put the fire out, but
4: mm, wow. he,
8: uh, went to the burn center and, uh, I don't know if he's left yet or not. I think he was supposed to be there for close to 10 days.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, uh, Godspeed for recovery to our friend Jay Leno.
8: My gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. He writes a column for haggerty.com. So he's a good friend of everybody there. And he, uh, he's been a, a friend of mine since I was a TV critic long before I started writing about cars. (laughs) You were a TV, wait uh, a minute.
1: When were you a TV critic? Oh
8: my God. I was a TV critic in uh, Dallas and Fort Worth. And uh, when I was at the TV Critics Association meeting, they, uh, they took us, you know, we go to California, stay at the Ritz Carlton in Pasadena and they take you to shows. And we went to Leno show one night just sat in the audience and then we had a party with jay afterwards and i told him who i was and i was stephen Cole smith that wrote for uh car and driver and he said yeah i know who you are let me show you something so we went outside looked at one of his jaguars his old 1950s jaguars we're lying on our stomachs looking at the transmission that he just put in. He put a Mustang <laughs> transmission in, and here come the security guards. Oh, my God. They couldn't find Jay disappeared. We can't find him anywhere. <laughs> and then he, they find out that he's lying down by a car. And I you know, with me across from on the other side <laughs> and we gotta talk into, I'll tell you that. But that's that funny. was uh man, that was a long, long time ago.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, and he has been a friend to so many of us car guys and gals out there. I remember when I started car and driver radio back in wow, it's early maybe two thousand and two. And I asked him to be one of my first guests because I had come from motor trend radio to car and driver radio. And right. you and I both shared that car and driver pass. But uh, he says to me, hey, why don't you come down to the Hermosa Beach Comedy Club and now uh, we'll do an interview while I'm having dinner before my show and then you can come to the show. That's what kind of a guy wow. he was, right? So literally yeah. he bought my dinner in the green room in the back where the walls were signed by all the comedians that had all, you know, been to the Hermosa Beach Comedy Club, which belonged to a friend of his named Mike. And I, so I set my microphones up and he's eating corn on the cob. <laughs> yeah. And you hear it all in the microphone as he's eating while we're doing an interview. And, yeah. uh, and then I went and I watched his, his show and he's just such a great guy. So, you know what? He's been such a friend to our entire hobby. And now with Jay Leno's garage, he's proving to everybody just what a car guy he always was and will he always is, be.
8: His knowledge is encyclopedic. I yeah. mean, it, uh, there's a lot of celebrities that collect cars but Jay knows more about cars and motorcycles both than practically anybody I've ever met. I mean he he can he can just about lecture you on anything. Well you know and I, he doesn't do it in a pompous way, he no. just does it in a very gentle way. Right.
1: Because he is a true car guy. He has no kids. He's always talked about his cars or his kids. And he has a endless appetite for reading about history. And the history of cars and and all that kind of stuff and uh, it's just right. uh, you know glad that he's gonna be okay he says he'll be okay and I, I trust that uh, let's take yeah, a break I and then uh, we'll get some information on what's going on in the uh, world of motorsports from Stephen Cole Smith he writes for grassroots motorsports and Haggerty Haggertycom this is the drive we'll be right back stay with us oh, wow man That's
6: a... <laughs> wait a second man. Give me It's gonna look like this (laughs) here
1: it is the drive all across America and around the world. Stephen Cole Smith here from grassroots motorsports and haggerty.com. We were talking about Jay Leno, who was in a uh, really unfortunate accident of working on his cars and uh, had a flashback uh, and and fuel caught on fire and burned his face and his arm. And, you know, we're reminiscing about uh, Jay Leno. I got one more funny story to tell you. It just, it occurred to me. And as a matter of fact, I think you were at this event It was 2002 at the Daytona Speedway, Steve, and Jay Leno was going to drive the pace car. And it was Jay Leno that was there, and Tony Stewart was there. Well, you were there, right?
8: Yeah, I think so.
1: 20 years ago. So... They said, uh, Alan, you want to drive around the uh, track with Jay in the, uh, it was a Pontiac Firebird, I think, pace car in yeah, 2002. Yeah, Pontiac Firebird. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, that'd be great. And maybe I can, like, do an interview while we're driving around, you know, the, the racetrack. And so uh, we're driving along, you know, and I got my microphone out. And I go, hey, can I do an interview? He goes, sure, sure, what the heck? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, whatever you want to do. And, you know, we're going like 125 miles an hour. And I and I said, uh, so, Jay, what are you going to do different, that, you know, than from what you're doing today here driving around the track on practice day? Right as I said that, we hit a little bump in the racetrack. And the car kind of bottomed out just a little bit, and the microphone, I literally punched him right in the mouth with a microphone. <laughs> he looks at me with that Jay Leno smile with those crooked teeth, and he goes, oh, well, maybe I'm just going to get rid of 300 pounds of ugly fat sitting next to me. <laughs> and I thought oh he's talking about me and we both laughed and that was how it ended but nobody knew that I punched him right in the mouth with the microphone oh man (laughs) gave him a fat lip that's it so you know what it's like but here's the thing he was such a good sport you know 20 years later we still laugh and joke about all this kind of stuff but Man, he is, its you said it during the commercial break, I think, that he is the gift to the automotive industry that keeps on giving. So, uh, anyway. Absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, the motorsports. What is going on? I know there's, isn't there an F1 race this weekend?
8: Yeah, the last F1 race is this weekend, last week, there was in Brazil and uh, George Russell won for the first time. This time it's in Abu Dhabi. Oh, uh, okay. It's uh, that'll be tomorrow, the Abu Dhabi Formula One Etihad Airways Abu Dhabi Grand Prix 2022, <laughs> oh which is a long, long way to oh my uh, announce something. Right, exactly. But, uh, but Verstappen has already uh, wrapped up the the championship, so uh, they're just going to kind of go through the motions.
1: Yeah. Well, and what about? Let me just stop you right there for a minute. What about this F one? Isn't it F one race that they're going to do in Las Vegas? Is that yeah? Do you know anything about that? Because people are asking me. I'm like, I don't know. I got to ask Steve.
8: Yeah, there's going to be uh, an F one race uh, next year, and it's going to be the most expensive ticket in all of Formula One. Whoa! More expensive than uh, even uh, the Monaco Grand Prix.
1: Wow! I mean, so uh,
8: why? It's Vegas <laughs> because people will pay it. Apparently oh. <laughs> that's the kind of demand we're talking about. It's, wow. uh, it's going to be a pretty exclusive clientele. You know, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty amazing race. It's going to be on the streets of, uh, of Las Vegas. Mm. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty amazing. I think it's, it goes along with Miami and with the circuit of America's in Austin we will have three F one races mm. After just 10 years ago, we had none. So yeah. now we're going to have three.
1: Interesting. Well, that's good. And I, now I figured out why everybody's asking me if I can get them tickets because it's expensive.
8: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. All right. Let's move on to uh, NHRA. They crowned their champions last week. What do you know?
8: Yeah, they uh, had their last race at Pomona and – I think Erica Enders, I know she had already wrapped up the Pro Stock title, but I think the other three were up for grabs. And Brittany Force won uh, top field. Ron Capps in his first year as a team owner, he's won the championship before, first year as a team owner, won uh, for Funny Car, and Matt Smith won for Pro Stock Motorcycle.
1: Wow. Well, congratulations to Brittany Force and Ron Caps, of which I know them both. I don't know the motorcycle guy, but think about how that feels to uh, John Force watching his daughters, you know, race and, and, and win. I think that's just great.
8: Well, it, it felt especially good last week because John Force's car pretty much exploded. The body went about 40 feet in the air oh, uh, when he had a... a a uh supercharger explode and he ended up against the wall so
4: wow. yeah
8: watching his daughter win the championship uh was a pretty good auxiliary prize for the weekend for john
1: gosh i guess that's pretty cool that's pretty cool how about nascar what's going on there
8: well not a lot we finished the uh championship of course joey logano is the uh the champion,
1: you saw that. But the
8: big news so far is this uh, off season is that Ty Gibbs is moving to the Cup Series, driving the number fifty four Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, replacing the number eighteen car of uh, Kyle Busch, who's moving on to Richard Childress's uh, organization.
1: Hmm. Well, there you go. Um, you know, here we go into uh, the holiday season. Things will quiet down quite a bit. All right, Stephen Cole Smith, uh, Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports. Always good to talk to you, my friend.
8: Great talking to you, Alan. Always a pleasure.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Stephen Cole Smith, you can find him at Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports. I'm Alan Taylor. There is one more segment. Stay with us.
0: Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead.
5: Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors. Every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book.
1: Who's on the line? What? It's Carl Brouwer again? It is the drive. Carl Brouwer is back. He was on in the first hour and now he's, uh, they've slipped me a note. It says he wanted to tell you to make sure people know the LA Auto Show is going on. Carl, welcome back, you animal. Yes. Uh, yes. ICCars.com, I uh, executive analyst. Uh, the L.A. Auto Show. Yeah, I, I chose not to go this year, and I mean, you're kind of in the L.A. area, so you uh, probably did the media day thing, but I just, it was too far of a trip for me, and aren't auto shows kind of dying off for the auto manufacturers anyway?
7: Um. Yes. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to say that and yeah. try to acknowledge it, but there's just no avoiding the reality that there's just too many other options for manufacturers. And that doesn't mean that they're completely abandoning auto shows. Actually, some of them are, but that they're all completely abandoning auto shows, but enough of them have moved to alternative methods of right. getting information out that uh, it's taken a big hit. And, you know, the Detroit show, well, let's just say the Detroit show wasn't what it was a couple years ago.
1: Isn't that weird? I mean, if you and I could talk about this for a moment, the Detroit auto show used to be a mega, MAGA. Well, not MAGA, but mega car show. (laughs) And now it's just like, it's like a little, little, that's about it. And it's done. It's so weird.
7: It was painful. You know, you had the big three and Toyota. Yeah. I think Subaru, had presence there. So you had like five automakers and the other, you know, I always say there's about 40 automakers and that includes, you know, all the even exotics and stuff and and small ones like Porsche, but whatever. But you had 35 that didn't show and it used to be the opposite. You know, you'd be, you'd be lucky if five didn't show up at an auto at the Detroit auto show and the 35 would. Right. So yeah, it's just a real shift in auto show priority for the manufacturers because they've just realized that it's expensive, you know, I mean, people said that it would be like, you know, million plus dollars just to be on the schedule. Like, you've got to write a check for a million dollars just to have your slot. <laughs> then you got to spend the money shipping the cars there. Oh, spend yeah. Spend the money. Millions of the, dollars. The display. Yeah. 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 you got to assemble the display. And, of course, there's a bunch of union people, and they're going to want their uh, their hourly rate, and it's not low and mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. so there's just a lot of other ways to spend that money and to get it, a vehicle in front of people. And so auto shows have suffered as a result. Yeah. And it's going to be fascinating to see how LA looks because – You know, uh, again, the Detroit one was kind of tough. Chicago, I know, wasn't super impressive last year. L.A., you know, is kind of the big car capital of the world. Right. And it's always had a fairly impressive show. Maybe it wasn't quite as big a deal as in Detroit in its heyday, but it also has never really fallen so severely like some of these.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, though, is that it's the L.A. Auto Show. They're going to have cars there. The auto shows are put on by... Like I know the New York Auto Show is put on by the Greater New York Auto Dealers Association and the Orange County Auto Dealers does the Orange County Show. And it must be the LA Auto Dealers that do the LA Auto Show. So there'll be cars. It's just that what Carl and I are talking about is it used to be that they would would have two different displays. I remember that it was like, you know, they put one display together for media days, just for the media. And they do this Hollywood glorified thing where they bring the car out and they 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 shoot you know uh, confetti all over everybody and then they clean that all up and they tear it all down and then they build the, the what the public is going to see so the public wants to see the cars they don't care so much about all that stuff because they're not invited to it anyway but I feel that uh, it's probably going to be a well-attended show just because it is L.A., to your point, though. but And it's going, it just started like yesterday or something. So if you guys are in L.A. and you're hearing this on Saturday morning or Sunday, it's going on right now. So go down and, and, uh, and have fun. But uh, anyway.
7: Uh, yeah, and, and, and auto shows will always be fabulous for consumers. So we should definitely clarify that. Like you said, you know, the Chicago Auto Show, huge for consumers. Yeah, uh, Detroit, New York, L.A., all the big – and same with Miami, Houston, D.C. You know, it's not like you have to be at one of these shows known for all-new vehicle reveals, which there were used to be like three or four of them per, per season. Right. Uh, but all of them have great displays as a user who wants to not be dealing with dealer personnel and seeing multiple brands in one location. They've always been good for that and they yep. continue to be good for that. But well, for people like you and I who go there to see what's new and hot and breaking – Uh, It's not the
1: same. No, it's not. But it is going on for you consumers out there that want to see the new electric cars and the old last versions of the uh, internal combustion engine cars. They'll all be there sharing floor space. Cars on carpet, as we say. Uh, No big fancy displays. But who cares? It's all about the cars anyway. Uh, iccars.com. Carl, thank you for coming back and reminding us of the LA Auto Show. Uh, We do reach into LA with some of our radio stations. Uh, Carl Brower, thank you, sir. Hey, always fun being on with you, Alex. That's it for me this weekend. We will see you next week right here on The Drive. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family, featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com/slash. Wilderness.